Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 24 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Uh, I'm very excited again to to welcome Ray Vargas to the show. Welcome, Ray. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. Um, we have a, a movie to review today, so of course I wanted to bring you in as our kind of resident movie geek. Super excited. No pun intended. <laughs> and so we're going to warn you right off the bat, um, this is a review episode of Batman vs. Superman. Uh, w- there will be spoilers, and we'll try and remind you again and as we go along, but we're just letting you know right now. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie and you're planning on it and you don't want spoilers, go ahead and save me for another another podcast listening day because we will be spoiling uh, the hell out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how are you doing, Ray? We're, if anybody wants to uh, to know about Ray the Geek, they can go back to episode one. That's right. Episode one. You, wow. Can you believe it's been 23 episodes wow. since we started this thing? It, We're on episode 24. And it's just going to be sounding more and more impressive as you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hope so. Episode one's so. going to be further and further away. It's going to be great. <laughs> but um, as far as you, what's, uh, can, give us an update. Anything exciting going on uh, in your life, especially in the, the realm of geek? Well, it's funny because um, actually I've been thinking about all the geek influences in my life more uh, more so recently than, than I usually do. And I think that's because, um, so I'm, I'm in a new relationship. Um, and my girlfriend gets the benefit of being around me and, you know, kind of being introduced to the world of, of geekdom. (laughs) And so always, and I think I talked about this a little bit, you know, the last time I was on, but, um, you get to see it through new eyes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I guess I just didn't realize how much geek media and, uh, I guess, you know, content I c- consumed on a regular basis until her and I started spending, you know, a lot of time together. And I found myself explaining the X-Men and explaining, you know, um, the DC, you know, universe versus the Marvel universe and explaining, you know, Daredevil on Netflix and why, you know, Superman does not connect to that and so on and so forth. <laughs> um, just a lot. I mean, really basking in you know in the awesomeness of of how much content is out there for us nowadays, and and how many cool movies we get to be excited to look forward to, whether or not they you know <laughs> perform to our expectations. Um, a little foreshadowing there. Um, just just doing that. Just you know, watching Daredevil and and getting excited each almost every week about some new superhero movie coming out or some new project coming out. Um, and then, you know, spending my time at work and spending my time in the art studio. So life's good. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun to be able to introduce the stuff we love to other people. Yeah. I think that's, that's part of the fun of what we're doing right now. And you're right. There's so much of it that it's a little hard to keep up with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even just in explaining it and I'm like, get, I get a little overwhelmed myself and I grew up with this stuff. So I can just imagine from, you know, for new eyes and ears, what it must be like. Do you ever get? Do you ever catch yourself? Do you like in the mid explanation just realize, wow, wow, I'm really geeking out right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, many times, you know, in the in the middle of the latest explanation of you know Dark Seed versus Thanos and why they're different but not really, I'm just stop and go. God, I'm such. I'm so- <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Very very cool. Well, we're we're gonna jump into how we kept it geek this week. Um, 
I took a, a mental health day this week and so um, watched a couple episodes of Daredevil, which I think we are going to be talking about a little bit before we get into the meat and potatoes of, of today's episode. Yeah. So I, I got a couple of episodes in on that, and um, I f- finally returned to World of Warcraft. I haven't been playing for quite a while. I, I'm just I'm not in love with this expansion. I'm not I'm not enjoying it as much. And then um, I am a big Hearthstone player, which is a, a another Blizzard game. And they had this promotion where if you got a World of Warcraft character up to level 20, then um, they gave you a, a hero portrait in Hearthstone. And so I was like, okay, 20, I can do that in my sleep. That's not a problem. So uh, on my day off, I leveled my a character up to to level 20 to get the portrait. And I was like, damn it, it's got me hooked again. <laughs> <laughs> all the All the stuff that I enjoyed about it, and it started to come back because I wasn't playing the current content. I was playing the, um, you know, the old classic content. And I'm like, I really do like this game, and I need to play it a little bit more. So, so you, do, I've been, you do go back. I do go back. It's it's it tends to be a cyclical thing. It's kind of as as the the end of a uh, the end of an expansion kind of you know comes to a close. I, I play a little bit less and a little bit less, and as the new one starts to come in, I start building back up, mm. and it's it's just kind of a ebbs and flows with time. So is this something that you like? Is is do you set aside like specific time dur- during each week for this, or is it just something that works itself in like organically into your your weekly schedule? You know, gaming in general kind of has to fit itself in organically because. Um, there's like especially right now we just had um the the high school uh the Fullerton High School Festival last weekend right. and and that's like th- this is my busiest time of the school year like March for teachers anybody who's ever been a teacher knows that March is a rough time because there's not a lot of holidays and you're just kind of pushing to get to spring break yeah. and so right now it's kind of like a grab any kind of game time i can latch onto and it tends i've been playing a lot of sims 4 i've been playing a lot of hearthstone just because they don't take a lot of my attention yeah and um because you're always kind of changing up what you're doing in warcraft it's not as easy to just kind of go away while you're playing sure. so um so that that's kind of it's kind of finding the time to play games and then it has to be well what am i in the mood to play right. and and that tends to go in in cycles so if it's the, the more stressed I am, I think the the lower engaging <laughs> games are the ones that I tend to pick. And so now that I'm starting to come out of the really busy time, it's kind of like, okay, I can go back to Warcraft where I've got, you know, lots of different decisions on what I want to do in the game mm. to make. So so when you've got, when when the, the super busy time is over in the semester, say, you know, maybe summer break is, is coming around or whatever, that's where you gear up to like really dive into like some new content? Um, I think that's when I, I tend to get into all the, all the stuff that takes a long time to do because there's a lot of grinding involved in, in Warcraft when you want to go back and get a lot of the reputations you missed and, um, and that kind of stuff. And so that's when I have like weeks of summer break that I can just kind of sit and plunk myself in front of the computer and just play for hours on end. Um, but as far as little leveling things and actually going through current content that's a lot easier to do when i'm busy because it's just kind of like okay i can go in do three or four quests right. and be done cool. yeah so that's kind of what i've been trying to do just that and and i i think i've had a social something every day for the last two weeks so you know it's just been a matter of you know 
kind of getting through all of that. And, you know, they're always fun when you're there, but when you're an introvert like I am, it's kind of like by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's a coincidence that, you know, we all have our, our well, a lot of us, I feel like nowadays, have our geek life and then have our more social life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like they end up being alter egos. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much so. Our secret identities. Yeah, totally. totally. Not so secret identities, yeah. <laughs> So how about you? Uh, what, what did you do to keep it geek this week? Oh, wow. Um, well, besides also, you know, trying to make some headway into the new season of Daredevil on Netflix, um, which I'm really digging and I think we're going to talk a little bit more about. Um, I've also uh, visited a, a comic book store recently for the first time in, in too long. And I'm actually really into this um, title called Paper Girls. And it's, okay. it's by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang as uh, the artist. Um, and it's about five issues in right now. I'm in, uh, that's the first arc, and I'm in the middle of it. And it's really cool. It's about this young group of girls. I think it's set in the 80s, and it's about this young group of girls who um, do paper routes in their neighborhood. And they get caught up in the middle of some kind of uh, alien invasion or something, and, and they're the only ones there to kind of, you know, protect the neighborhood or, or investigate. Um, and it's really cool. It's fun. It's, it's um, really amazingly drawn. Um, and so I, it's really nice to be sucked back into like a monthly issue. You know, I, I've been meaning to do that. I know the last few times we talked, you know, I keep talking about wanting to start, you know, make, make that a, another kind of a part of my, my routine again. And so mm-hmm. I find myself finally kind of doing that with this title. It's really cool. Um, That's very cool. and then, you know, I saw uh, Deadpool a couple of times. Um, I want to ask you what you think about that. Um, I saw, obviously saw, went and saw Batman vs Superman when it came out, um, and then just you know being being spending a lot of time with my girlfriend and and her asking questions about what I'm into and what does this mean and so on and so forth and trying to provide all the content context and backstory of all these things. Um, watching a lot of older films, watching some old X Men movies. Um, I hadn't seen X Men one in forever. I mean years. How's it hold up? Um, you know what? Well, I it's hard for me to say. You know, I'm I'm I can't be. I'm not a very uh, objective, you know, point of view. But uh-huh. she actually really enjoyed it, so that tells me that it holds up pretty well. That's cool. And and do you feel like she's become very? Is she is she approaching this very receptively, or is she uh, humoring you? No, no, no. She's pretty receptive. She's actually gets really into the the drama of it. That's and awesome. So one of the one of the things that I've heard from her repeatedly is, wow, I didn't realize how how deep these themes were and how, you know, um, how expansive these stories are. I didn't realize that it was going to be this level of, of drama and human interaction and emotion. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's why, you know, <laughs> if it was just, you know, kind of a pow and, and you know, uh, dudes in capes punching each other, I don't, I don't know how long that would be able to sustain, you know, <laughs> uh, an audience this large. So, so, yeah, it's been really interesting to get that feedback. Um, we watched, let's see. I showed her Daredevil. Uh, we watched a, a few episodes. We went and watched Deadpool in theaters. Um, we we happened to be on vacation in San Diego last weekend um, or the weekend before. I mean, they're, it's all blending in together now. But um, we were we, we put on the TV, and I think it was like X Men First Class was showing. And mm-hmm. so that's my favorite X Men so far. And yeah. so um, it you know it was on commercials, whatever. And so I just I had it on while we were like unpacking and stuff in the hotel room, and Little by little, like, she kind of started to pay attention and get into it and start asking questions. Well, who's that guy? And, and, you know, who's she? And why is she dressed like that? And what's going on? And so I kind of started to fill in the backstory and realize, oh, like, she's 
you know, she's receptive to this. She's interested in this story. And so we, we finished watching it, albeit it's, it's, you know, kind of a poor way to be introduced to, the, to that. But I thought, okay, well, we can always come back and revisit this, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so that night we were like looking something to put on. And I said, hey, you want to watch the first, like the start of this, like with the first X movie? And she was like, yeah, let's put it on. And so we did. I was like you thinking, I wonder how it's going to hold up. And it held up pretty well. Um, She really liked it. And so, so far of all the things, I mean, like I said, by now she's seen a little bit of Daredevil. She watched Deadpool. She's uh, watched Batman vs. Superman with me. Um, We also caught, you know, Man of Steel. Um, So far, X-Men is, is seems to be her, her favorite. Seems that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's it's a good place to start. It is, it's a, right? It's a great series, so it's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for her to see uh, uh, X-Men 2, uh, X-Men United, because that's, I feel like, that's one of the better superhero movies, period, I think. Yeah, I don't know how I missed a Deadpool review episode, but we just never did one, <laughs> and which is a shame, because it was a phenomenal movie. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. And I've never been a fan of, really, the character in, like, the comic books. Like, I just, I, that was kind of after my time, and I just kind of skipped over him for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I, you know, I heard so many good things about the film that I wanted to go see it. And yeah, I thought it was great. They did a good job. Yeah. We actually did last, uh, to our two, two episodes ago, we talked about the, the Deadpool effect and the fact that now the, the takeaway that a lot of studios have, have, um, gone with is that, oh, if we make the movies R rated, more people will go see them. Right. And I'm just like pounding my head against the wall going, you are missing the point. Yeah, that, I was thinking about that recently as well. I was thinking how industry always takes the wrong lesson from from whatever the, the creative side of the industry, you know, kind of introduced. Like, you know, why was this successful? And industry always takes the wrong thing away from that. It's Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking, I was kind of reflecting on, on Alan Moore's kind of career trajectory and how he went from doing you know uh watchmen and dark knight returns and kind of jumps uh i'm sorry miller doing dark knight returns and, and at the same time as as a more doing watchmen and these two guys along with you know some other stories at the time kind of introducing this like dark and gritty thing and then the industry kind of taking that and running with it for better or worse you know in the 90s yeah and alan moore since then has done really light fair like really you know really bright kind of lighter comic book stuff like you know like uh, america's best comics and like just he did wildcats for a while for jim lee and just it felt like he kind of took it upon himself to say no like i you know i i created i helped create this frankenstein monster of like this dark and gritty thing that we have going now and you know i'm gonna show that you can do light fun comics and still have them be quality stories with with your lasting impact you know yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I just I I hope that as more of these movies get made, which it kind of sounds weird now because a lot of them are being made, so you would think that they would be able to see the trends, but it's just about story. Just tell me a good exactly. story. Yeah. I feel like Josh Whedon is one of the only ones that actually gets that. Um, yeah. I mean, who knows what to expect, you know, from this uh the upcoming Wonder Woman movie, but I actually um you know, recently got a chance to read his his script, his original script for Wonder Woman when he was on that project, and I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, too bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too bad yeah. Not made. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you actually was, um, and we're we're I mean we're just gonna get sidetracked. This is what we do. So it's, it's, it's fine. It's what it's, it's how these episodes go, and I'm okay. okay with that. What like I was trying to think like at the end of this like kind of thought that I had about more and about like you know how his career has gone and what he's been trying to put forth. Um, I wonder if you were to equate 
and it might be too early to do this, but if you were going to make the comparison of the ages of comic books, like Golden Age, Silver Age, Golden Age, you know, um, Modern Age, so on and so forth, if you were going to draw, try to draw parallels to where the comic book film industry is right now, what age would you say we're in? Or, or you know what I mean? Like, like right now, is it the dark and gritty thing right now? Is it the R-rated, like, like mopey thing? Well, see, I think that's the. I think that depends on what you're looking at. Right. Like, I feel like right now the okay when you go back to the the classic movies were te- comic book movies were terrible that was the silver age totally oh yeah that's perfect. okay right so like with supergirl the original supergirl i don't know if you ever watched that <laughs> right. but, oh my god <laughs> right and the original punisher the original captain america yeah. like there there weren't good movies right they they were fun for for like little kids to watch yeah. but they weren't good yeah. movies and it's kind of like you go back and read the Silver Age comic books, and it's fluff. It's light. They hadn't really found that this could be a solid storytelling opportunity. Yeah, it's a really wacky storyline. And so I feel like if you look at Marvel, Marvel has moved into, you know, if you want to call it the Bronze Age or the more modern age, yeah. and they're – their stuff that they're doing is very story driven. They know that they have to be true to the, and this this may be me being Pollyanna, but they they know they have to be true to the properties because they were good stories then, yeah. and if they do a good job telling the stories now, they're not going to fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel, and I, we'll get a little bit into this with the with DC when we talk about. Batman versus Superman, I think they're still kind of in the I think they skipped the 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 Bronze Age and they went into the 90s of yeah. yeah, the brooding and the pockets and the bandoliers and you know, big explosions. Cuz we missed out on the Bronze Age is the best age. Like what's <laughs> what's going Yeah. Like, and so Right. Uh, it, it almost seems like um, Okay, so so looking into this a little more deeply, uh, let's say like the golden age would be, um, God, I don't know, like what, like Superman serials, like maybe like Batman. Yeah, exactly, like the old like the like Batman, the the '60s Batman, yeah. the old television stuff that is just kind of feel good and not doesn't take itself too seriously, right. and it's not really telling a story. It's very much comics brought to life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then Silver Age would be like. God, I feel like the Batman TV show really bridges that gap, doesn't it? Because I feel like that was pretty hokey and kind of, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like if you go to Golden Age, Golden Age was very, you know, three color. Everything was in primary colors. Everything was very uh, childlike and innocent. And I think that that's why the kind of the the black and white Superman and and Batman from the 60s kind of fits into that because it was very childlike. And then you get into the Silver Age where where, we're (laughs) upping our production value a little bit, but the story is still not there. So like Fantastic Four movie? The the original that yeah. I still haven't seen yeah. because everybody says it's really not as good as you would think it would be. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that by the way. I, I've got it. I just have never had anybody to sit down and watch it because everybody's like, I've heard it's not even That's worth right. it. That's right. We've talked about this. I think we talked about this when we first met, probably. But yeah, yeah, totally. Um, okay, so that's Silver Age. So, <laughs> like you said, Captain America movie, the original one, and you know, the original Punisher. Well, there's a there's a Spider Man in there somewhere. Yeah, that TV was, movies made for TV movies. Yeah. Um. What about like uh, the Incredible Hulk TV show with Bill Bixby? 
I think it's still kind of in that era. Like, because then it was starting to tell the story. It was a little bit more procedural. It was a little bit more problem of the week. But yeah. So then, does does Tim Burton's Dark uh, uh, Batman kick off the Bronze Age, or does it kick off the the modern age? Uh, I think it. I think it kicks off the 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 Bronze Age. I think it it kicks off. The, I think that that was probably one of the only movies that was kind of like we're going to tell a story. Yeah. And we're going to worry about the story. Not and Donner, it's cool. Uh, not Donner Superman. Um. That was what? That was like eighty five. Yeah, I think so. I can look it up. Yeah. Oh, it's nineteen seventy eight. Wow. 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 <laughs> okay. Well, but they I think they quickly jumped the shark from telling okay, we've got one good story in this and then we're going to go into production value and, you know, again, bandoliers and pockets and <laughs> you can almost look at just that th- those Batman movies as representing different because by Batman and Robin <laughs> like what is that? You know what I mean? Like we're back in the we're back in the, in the Silver Age slash like crappy nineties. Like what's going on? Yeah. Um. All right. So there's not direct correlations. We're all over the place, but you know that's a fun exercise. <laughs> it, it is. It it's an interesting parallel to to draw. It's kind of a fun fun little bit. <laughs> cool. Well, let's move on to news because we have all sorts of stuff that's happened since we last talked. Yeah. Most of this is cinematic and and television based. So I'm going to just throw out the one that I saw, which I didn't feel like we could not cover. But um, Microsoft had a little bit of a problem this week. Oh, uh, they tried to do an AI chatbot on on Twitter, and it very quickly became racist and sexist and horrible <laughs> because it was, it, was, it was feeding off of... This is what happens when the internet raises a child. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. And I just like how how did how did they not know this was going to happen? Right. You know, unless you know, I wish I almost wish, and they would never do this, but I almost wish that they had said, "We did this to make a point." You people are all awful. That would um, been great. Yeah. Sure. But no, they you know they apologized and we we should have put filters and blah 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 and it's like no this is a pretty good totally representation of the crap that is out yeah, there yeah absolutely absolutely racist and sexist yeah for sure that totally makes sense <laughs> so what so they it, it was some kind of I'm I'm assuming it was based on some kind of like algorithm or some kind of like combination of these things right to create this. In t- this artificial intelligence that was going to um, kind of uh, evolve based on what it was absorbing, right? Like what? Yeah, like it says the the, the article that I got from the Guardian um, said the bot known as Tay was designed to become smarter as more users interact with it. Instead, it quickly learned to parrot a slew of anti-Semitic and other hateful uh, invective that. Human Twitter users fed the program, forcing Microsoft Corp. to shut it down on Thursday. When I, when I first read, started reading that article, I, I had to go back to make sure it wasn't like The Onion or like, which sadly is happening more and more these days. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not the first person that said that to me. And it's so true. Like when, when you look at what's on television right now, and I, don't, I try very hard not to get into politics on this, this show. Right. But, so, but, yeah. <laughs> but when you look at what's out there, it's just hard to take any of it seriously, and yet you have to because it's serious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Unless you know nothing is. <laughs> that's a that's a little uh, existential there, but anyway, let's just let's just back away slowly from that. 
<laughs> well, like I've been playing Sims 4 for a really long time and uh, the, like, this last couple of weeks and I feel like somebody's just kind of deleted our um our swimming pool ladder. <laughs> We're just kind of swimming there trying to figure out how to get out of the pool. Oh, yeah. Uh, welcome to, welcome to the world AI. Welcome to the world Tay. <laughs> Uh, so when are they going to give it a go again? I wonder. What's are they, so they just say, uh, no, let's not do that. No, they're uh, the Microsoft created. Hey, da, 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 da. I'm trying to see if they say it's going to come back. I think they deleted everything except for like the first two weeks. They're just like, that's it. That's what we need to practice now. Let's just let's just let's practice some editing. Let's. <laughs> you know, I think that's a skill that's been lost. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to be regained. Yeah, not every thought needs to be put out there. Let's learn what we can from Tay. Yeah, so that happened. Um, but the rest of this stuff is at least more pop culture based, and so we can just have kind of innocent opinions on Honestly, it. Honestly, the rest of this stuff is stuff that I want your opinion on because I definitely had reactions, you know, to these things, and so I'm like, I haven't talked to Joe in a while. I want to know what his reaction was to, for instance, um, you know, the, the the latest Civil War trailer that featured, you know, spoilers, um, Spider Man at the end, the first shot of the new Spider Man. Um. The best way I can describe it is one of my students came in and they were like, Mr. Hogan, did you see the new Civil War trailer? I said, yes, I did. And he says, can we please watch it on the big screen? And my response was no, because then I won't be able to function for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, I got to watch it uh, in my office uh, at work in the morning with uh, with Jason, uh, my coworker who I share an office with. And I was like, oh, the new, you know, the new thing is out. Like, he's like, let's put it up. So he puts it up on the big screen, on the, on the big monitor. And we're sitting there watching it. And I'm I'm very, um, I don't know what the word is, uh, demonstrative, expressive. <laughs> so I'm uh-huh. really excited. I mean, I've been known to, like, stand up in the theater and cheer in the middle of, like, you know, a really exciting kaiju battle or something. <laughs> you know? So, so um, yeah, I was, I was jumping up and down. And at the end of it, I just had my hands up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to function that day. But, yeah. Well, what we may have to do is we may have to just when it comes to Civil War, um, not Civil War, um, X Men Apocalypse. I think maybe you and I should just like block out a time where we go see the movie and then go to a coffee shop where we can just yell into a microphone for two hours <laughs> and just like boom, 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 just like just get it all done right there <laughs> organically. Yeah, that yeah. That's <laughs> um. So yeah. Now I the more. I watched it, and the more closely I look, because of course we're gonna. That's what we do. Like we're gonna deconstruct it. We're gonna, you know, analyze it way deeper than it really needs to be. But thankfully, I feel like these filmmakers, the people making these movies and putting this stuff out there, understands that part of geek culture. And mm-hmm. so when you do start to pick it apart and analyze it and look more closely, there's actually stuff there. You know, mm-hmm. like for instance, like like most people, when I first saw Spider Man, like and and. The the thing I noticed immediately was his, the way his eyes moved, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh wow! And I thought like most people, that that they're animated, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of like the Deadpool thing, right? right? Um, which I thought was great right off the bat because uh, it's what the comics, it's what he's like in the comics, it's how he you know emotes in the comics. Um, and but you know right away some people were of course complaining, shocker, geeks were complaining about something, but anyway, um, you know that oh, it's not realistic and it took them out of it and blah blah, and so. I went and found some like high res like shots of of you know Spider Man's mask in that trailer, and the way that works, I don't know if if you've noticed this, but they're like shutters, they're like camera shutters. 
Oh, are they? Yeah, so, like, there's actually levels in his eyes, in each eye, in his mask. And so that little kind of, like, expressive thing that the eye does is actually the shutters, like, closing in a little bit. That's really awesome. Yeah, so, and when when I put that with, you know, Peter Parker being a, a photographer, I'm like, that's amazing that that same kind of technology is being applied to his mask. That's really Because then, cool. like, See? him, like, focusing in on something. You know what I mean? Like, that's... It's not just animated. There's actually like like there was they, they applied at least you know comic book science to it. You know. Okay, so this is what we need to do. We need to do a Kickstarter <laughs> just to raise enough money so that your full time job is to take all the criticism and go no 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 wait guys <laughs> totally <laughs> and explain to you how this is working so that you can stop complaining about. Take a closer look, and they thought about it, and it's in there. So they actually figured out a way to make his eyes expressive and not you know, take it out of like the, you know, whatever comic book level reality of the thing. Well, and the thing that I like the most about this trailer is it made me start feeling better about the story because the previous trailers made me feel like it was really all about Bucky. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I could get behind Cap who was just trying to stand behind Bucky. Right. And, um, and with the original Civil War series, I was very much pro Cap. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think that the, the series ended poorly. I'm hoping they have a better series ending on this one, but um, so, but yeah, so I felt I felt more comfortable with the story. I feel like okay, this is a story I can get behind, and I I feel like it's a little bit better defined. Was the comic? I mean, were there, was there anybody on Iron Man's side really when Civil War was coming out? Oh yeah, no, there was a lot of there was a lot of people, and and I understood where he was coming from. Like I felt like there, I felt like the one thing that the comic did do is they did a very good job of showing how hard of a decision this was because it, it, it's it's kind of like they were both examples of extreme solutions to a problem, right. and and like so many things in the world, the answer true answer is probably somewhere in between the two, right. but nobody stopped to say why don't we find the middle ground, yeah. and so. You could pick a side because it was so either you're for this or you're against that, and that's it. And um, and I feel like this preview kind of started to show a little bit more of that instead of – I felt with the previous previews that it was really just about protecting Bucky. And I was like, eh, Cap, I can't defend you if that's all you're doing. But see, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with the comic book version of this story, but it, I kind of got the sense that they're trying to make the film version more even where it seems like they didn't want people to just – you know, default to Captain America's side on this. And so if he was being mostly motivated by just being on, you know, having Bucky's back, then it would, mm-hmm. it would make it easier to see Iron Man's side of things, you know? Yeah. Well, s- spoilers for anybody who wants to go back to the, the original civil war comic books, I'm going to tell you exactly how it all happened. Now um, the, the new warriors were basically have been for a very long time kind of the Avengers recruiting ground. They're kind of like the new mutants to the X-Men. And um, and so at some point they'd become almost reality TV stars. And so they'd have cameras following them. And they were very, you know, of the era of reality television show. And in the middle of a mission, um, the uh, bad guy Nuke, which does exactly what his name says, uh, it does basically explodes and and wipes out a school. Um, shades of uh, Kingdom Come. Yes, and so that becomes the the big debate starter of we need to have more um, control, just more accountability. Right. 
And so it starts a registration act for anybody with superpowers, which is very reminiscent of, you know, the registration in Nazi Germany. And of course, that hits towards with Cap. And Iron Man's like, look, we can't hide in the shadows anymore. We've got to put our, uh, Iron Man says we have to put ourselves out there. And he talks Spider-Man into giving out his secret identity. And it's like, both sides build very strong cases where you're kind of like, I see the accountability portion, but I also see the idea of having to register and tell the entire world who you are and what you can do is very scary. Yeah. And so it, it really made that kind of very good where, where you would have to pick a side. How good a job do they do of explaining why Iron Man would take the side that he did? Because I kind of feel like this Iron Man, this the film Iron Man, he's been very outspoken against the military and the government and giving his secrets over and doing all that. So I kind of feel like I, I hope they explain his, his change of heart. You know, if it's, if it's based on his paranoia over what he just did with Ultron, you know, and, and he was him being the cause of that. Great. That would be great. But if they don't do that, I, I, I don't know. I'm almost going to feel like it's kind of out of character for the film version of Tony Stark. I, I think that's the way they're heading, and I think it's going I, to... I, from that preview, I feel very solid that I'm going to be able to sit there and pick a side. And I'm, it may not be the same. I, I still tend to, if you're going to give me a black and white choice between registering, not registering, I'm, I'm probably going to pick the not registering because I feel like it's an all-or-nothing solution. But I, I at least am going in there with the idea that I can be swayed one way or the other. And I think that's what this movie needs to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going in there knowing that I'm pretty much going to be on whatever side Black Panther is on because he looks <laughs> rad as fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, he really does. Side. He looks like a, such a badass. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I, I hope it's – this is going to sound terrible because it does not <laughs> truly reflect how I feel about the movie. I hope it's better than Avengers 2 because Avengers 2 was a very good movie. I think we just had so many expectations for it that it was very hard for it to meet them. Yeah. And I hope that I can get my expectation down to a reasonable level so that way I can enjoy this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good foreshadowing for Batman vs. Superman. We're just going to keep doing that until we get to it. We're going to keep foreshadowing. Yeah, hang in there, guys. It's coming. It's coming. But we've got a couple of other things to talk about. Like, the first one I need to, I need to jump in on this one. Indiana Jones 5 you put on here as things that we need to talk about. I also, yeah followed it with three question marks. <laughs> if you told me that it was Indiana Jones rebooted, because there was rumors that they were going to do the whole James Bond thing, right. I would have been right there with you. Sure. And I enjoyed Harrison Ford in The Force Awakens, but I didn't love Harrison Ford in The Force Awakens. Yeah, he's not. And that might be sacrilegious, but... <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, Han Solo showed up. Great. But it's not like a career rejuvenation time or anything like that. No, and yeah. it was a, it was a curtain call, and and I I've had I've had a not a second act just to finish that. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he's just kind of become cranky old curmudgeon guy. I mean, he's been that for like the last decade and a half. Well, it, ever since he started dating um Calista or Flockhart? you know got involved with Callista Flockhart, <laughs> you know, and I love her. It's super. Why are you trying to end this on Ally McBeal, Hogan? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think she's wonderful in Supergirl. I think she's probably the best thing about Supergirl. I, I think she's amazing. And and she's one of those things where I, I just can't – I can't get mad at her for Harrison Ford because I can't say that it's her fault. But he just makes me sad. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, but hilarious in interviews. <laughs> <sighs> 
Sure, but again, see, I don't see, I don't, I don't laugh because I, I, I feel like everybody's laughing at him and not with him, and it's not comfortable for me. Right, right, yeah, no, I totally understand what you mean by what Harrison Ford. He's just, he's just that guy now. He's just so. What I'm wondering is how, what, how are they gonna do this? Like, what is? I don't, I can't even conceive of like how they're gonna pull this off. I never even, I, you know, uh, confession time. I never even watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Just because you, you didn't miss anything. That's what I keep hearing. So I'm just like, okay, well, you know, life is short, uh, you know, on to better movies. But um, that was supposed to be the handoff, and they fumbled it, obviously. And so yes. there's like, screw that. It's kind of like, you know, Shades of like Mission Impossible, where like Tom Cruise said, okay, I'm going to hand this off to poor Jeremy Renner. Oh, wait, no, I'm not, you know. And then poor Jeremy Renner, I think we started this. Last, last. Uh, yeah, the hashtag poor Jeremy yeah, Renner. Because you know, same thing was supposed to be for Jason the Bourne series, and that didn't happen. And so now, you know, I, I maybe um, Shia LaBeouf and and you know Jeremy Renner can start this like sad <laughs> club. Well, I don't even think he's in the movie, is he? No, I don't think I haven't read anything you know stating his involvement at all whatsoever. And and, and believe me, that's not not that I think that's a bad thing. Right. <laughs> But I was honestly looking forward to either Bradley Cooper or Chris Pratt right, yeah. or somebody else stepping in and changing Indiana Jones up. Sure. Maybe they're waiting until they cast uh, Han Solo, uh, the new, the, the young Han Solo. Maybe that guy was just – he's a shoe in right? I mean – See, I don't think it should be a package, package deal. <laughs> I think they should, like, that was a, dare to be different and uh, – <laughs> Oh man, so, so many feels. Yeah, I know, right? That's why I put it on here. I'm like, Joe's got to have some feels about this Indiana Jones five. It is five, right? Or is it is it six? No, it would be five. Wow, would it? Yeah, five. And and the other thing is, is I I I fear for Harrison Ford's safety. Oh right, because he hurt his back pretty bad, right? Uh, he, he broke his leg. He got injured a lot of times on the filming of Force Awakens, <laughs> and then crashed a plane. Gee. Um. Uh, wow. Yeah, Callista, you gotta make sure he's he's getting his uh drinking his milk or whatever. <laughs> his warm milk before nap time. <laughs> Get on it, Miss Lockhart. <laughs> All right, and then you have Daredevil season two. I've only seen the first two episodes, so we're not gonna spoil or anything okay. here. So but... I've only seen maybe the first five or six, so I'm like halfway through. I don't know how long the seasons are nowadays. I'm just watching it. But um, I, you had an interesting comment when I mentioned that I wanted to talk about this earlier before we started recording. You you said something uh, that kind of made yeah. I have all kinds of questions based on you. Said... I asked, does it get better? Right, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Because for right now, it just – I don't know if I just wasn't in the mood and not engaged enough because, um, again, it was on my day off where I was trying to keep – I was trying to shove all like a month's worth of nerdy into one day. Yeah. Um, but I just felt like it was a little dark, beat em up shoot em up This – okay, can we get to something that's got more meat and potatoes in it than just let's beat em up shoot em up Right, right. Um, and I think at this point – um, I feel like at this point in our collective superhero media content, we've come far enough where there's going to be very distinct flavors of things for, for different people and for different moods. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no spoilers. I will just say Daredevil is definitely the dark, darker than dark, black hole, like of gritty uh, uh, flavor that Marvel is putting out. So... But is it story driven or is it fight? I mean, to me, it's 
it's story driven. It is, but the story is about these fights. <laughs> the story is about these okay. conflicts. You know what I mean? So I can't get enough. Now this is about this is like the only really like super dark stuff that I'm you know taking in at this point. So I mean I mentioned you know uh, Paper Girls, you know the 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 issue to uh, the series that I'm collecting issue to issue, and that's like the opposite end of the spectrum. It's very light. It's, so. I, you know, if somebody is is really just mainlining a lot of this type type of content, I can see how Daredevil can feel over the top, you know, or just excessive mm-hmm. in, in that in in stylistically. Um, but I'm I'm loving it because I feel I you know me I mean you you know we've known each other for a long time and and we kind of have an idea of each other's taste by this point and you know that like I'm not put off at all by the you know realistic take on these superhero characters like i don't need captain america to have the little wings on the side of his helmet like i don't right right right, right you right. know for me it's all about you know is it a good story and are they doing these characters realistically and so for me a character like punisher you know that's as dark as it gets i mean for marvel that's it right there there's a reason why you know punisher max series was like the you know the main one for a while um it's it's the it's all the violence of Daredevil or it's all the violence of Deadpool without the humor to pull it out. Yes, exactly. And and that's what it's designed to be. So for me, I can't really call it, you know, a failure or or not good if it's succeeding at what it's aiming for, you know? I I think my concern and I've I've heard a lot of people say episode 3, episode 3, episode 3. It's kind of like what I say with um Sense 8 and episode 6. It's like there's those episodes where you kind of turn the the corner and go, "Okay, I get where they're going with this. I'm on board." Right. And I think maybe because I haven't gotten there yet. Right. You know, I I I feel like it I I watched a few more in a row when we watched season 1 and we got to the Fisk episode and that's the turning point episode. Right. And so I'm guessing I just haven't got to that turning point episode yet where they're still kind of just building up the – they're setting the scene and now we have to dive into the, the story. But uh, I mean – and again, it's not – I have no problem with any of the actors. I think they're all doing a really amazing job. Yeah. Um, I love the guy who plays Daredevil. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is so, – I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you there. And I think that does it, – it, there is that moment. There is that point, I should say. So – in the series, it'd be really interesting to, to touch base with you again after we've both completed the series uh, the season and, and to talk about it some more. Yeah, and and this is my, my my husband made the decision. I think I made the decision with him that he's not going to watch this one because it. I, I've been told that it just takes the violence of season one and amps it to ten. Yes, it's, um, at one point, uh, my girlfriend. Now she hasn't been watching this with me, but she is despite herself because this is not something that I have been trying to get her into. Whereas, you know, like something like X-Men, I think, oh, here, let me explain this to you. Daredevil's just been something that's just been on because I'm watching it, you know, as as she's around or not or whatnot. Um, and she's getting sucked in. So, but <laughs> that being said, there have been a couple of moments uh, of violence where she freaks out and turns to me and goes, why the hell is this on TV? Like, who is putting this on TV? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, and so knowing that, I just kind of was like, if you want to watch it, I, of course, I'm going to be ecstatic. But 
Um, I know that this is not your thing, so I am perfectly fine with watching on my own. And he was like, yeah, why don't we save my <laughs> my tolerance level for something else? Yeah, I feel like my girlfriend, uh, you know, um, despite herself, I said, is getting into it because she is also that way. If it's something that's going to be gruesome or, you know, gory, she's not into it. But the story hooked her <laughs> before she mm-hmm, made mm-hmm. that choice. And so now she's in, you know, even though it's just kind of, oh, well, for better or worse, you know, you want to see what happens. So here we go. Well, that makes me feel good because if it hooked her and her, the violence isn't so much her thing, then I'm kind of like, all right, well, then it, the the story does get engaging at some point. I just haven't gotten to it. It yet. does, yeah. And she has no idea who Karen Page is or the backstory of that. She doesn't know who Foggy is. She doesn't know. So, you know what I mean? So, the fact that mm-hmm. she's already, like, wondering about these characters, yeah. And I have to say, Foggy is so much better this season because he was on my last nerve last season. <laughs> That's Foggy, though, right? He's got to be, like, the kind of downtrodden kind of... Um, you know, down on his luck, kind of always complaining, whining kind of guy, no? Yeah, but he's. I think this season he's doing it with a little bit more purpose as opposed to... No, he is. You're right. It's not over the top. Yeah, you're right. Very cool. All right, and the last thing we have on just kind of news and stuff we wanted to talk about before jumping into Batman versus Superman is something that I don't have a lot of experience or knowledge of, and that's Preacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was I was interested to ask you that, actually. What, you know, what knowledge do you have of Preacher? What kind of level of exposure do you have to the comic? Um, Almost none, although I hear it's, you know, talk about just kind of out there and crazy. Yes, very Um, blasphemous and very, um, I guess you could say at the time that it was coming out in the the late 90s and early aughts, it was called like not PC. But nowadays mm-hmm. that just means like, you know, somewhat racist and uh, <laughs> and sexist and, and just inappropriate. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I mean, this was one of those series that I was absolutely obsessed with when it was being published. And it still holds a soft spot in my heart. It definitely does. Um, that being said, I don't think I'm kind of hesitant to, to revisit my graphic novels, my preacher graphic novels uh, uh, in anticipation of the show. Just because I don't feel it's going to hold up very well. Well, I also feel like it's one of those things that's not something you easily digest in large, quick doses. Right. Like, it's something that you kind of, you, you're there for the story. And it's a little bit like, for me, I love Walking Dead, but I'm not going to go back and reread everything and rewatch everything because I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't need to re-experience totally. it. And I think, I think I probably, once I completed the series, uh, once Preacher ended, I think I did reread it once. And it was really enjoyable. But even upon that second rereading, I was already kind of wincing more than I mm-hmm. expected to. And, so I th- and it's been years. So I think at this point, I'd just kind of be like, oh, like that's not something I'm comfortable with now, you know? Um, uh, so I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to do this on AMC. I mean, granted, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt because they managed to, you know, knock it out of the park with The Walking Dead. But I don't know. I'm just kind of interested to see. I, I'm this is a gr- I feel like this is a, a one of the first really uh, big like experiments, you know, in terms of like comic book content and translating it and adapting. Yeah. And I, and I will be interested because I. I at least I know they're not going to do what they did with Lucifer, and I'll, I'll freely admit I haven't seen any episodes except for the pilot that I saw at Comic-Con, but I don't think they're going to do Preacher the Procedural. Like, they're going to tell a story, is my understanding. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, as they should. I mean, that's, that's what the comic book is, you know? That's what that yeah. story is. It's definitely a story with, a, with, a, with an arc, multiple arcs, you know? Um, yeah. 
Speaking of Lucifer, um, that just made me think for some reason of Hellblazer. I watched the pilot of Hellblazer. I thought that was great. Um, I didn't keep up with it, which it's probably a lot of people like me out there, which is why it didn't survive. But um, I, based on the pilot, I thought they did a pretty good job adapting that show. That was another kind of experiment along the lines of Preacher, you know, because Hellblazer can be kind of out there as well. Yeah, I feel like they're they're trying a lot of things, and I feel like we need to be better about grabbing on and 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 supporting them. Um, mm. I, you yeah. know, uh, Agent Carter's not coming back. Right, it doesn't look like because not enough people jumped on, and I don't think it's because people weren't interested. I think it was because people were like, "Oh, I'll binge watch that later." Yeah, and, and unfortunately for TV series, that that tends to be the death now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I just hope we we figure all this out before somebody fucks up Sandman. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I was really bummed to hear that. Um, what's the thing? Joseph Gordon-Levitt left that project, so now I'm kind of you know waiting. When the fans start bailing out, it's a little disturbing. I know, little... I know, it's so true. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so that is it for our news. <laughs> so now <laughs> we can't wait any longer, Ray. Oh, okay. Now I just I want to go on record and say that Ray and I have refused to tell each other what we thought about the movie at all. Like we have not given any indications we have not i may have sent out one tweet on the geekitude thing that if you saw it he may know where i'm going to be coming from but other than that we have not discussed this at all because we wanted to keep reactions genuine and honest right sir i i I pass it to you i didn't hate it okay that is word for word my my facebook review (laughs) after watching it uh uh friday friday afternoon i didn't hate it I went into it, uh, as I said, uh, I sent out two, two tweets on the Geekitude account. I, the first one was I'm going in with no expectations, no, I, like, I, no preconceived notions. I'm just going to go in and I'm going to take it in. Um, a lot of, of justification and self-denial. Okay. <laughs> a lot of I've heard bad things, but, you know, I've also heard people say that if you're a fan, you're going to enjoy it. So... And then when I came out, I sent out a tweet that was basically, well, that happened. Oh, yeah. Because, <sighs> yeah. like, what was your what was your takeaway? Where well, did it... I was super excited about this for months, months. I mean, counting down the days, re-watching the trailers. I'm, Superman is my first favorite superhero. Obviously a big Batman fan. Excited that Warner Brothers was trying to, you know, in DC, were trying to you know, get on deck and, and, and make something happen, albeit, you know, in a, in a rushed sort of way. But okay, you know, I also am a big, big fan of Man of Steel. And I know that that's somewhat controversial to state, but um, I, as you know, as a comic book fan, as I said earlier, and I keep saying, you know, I'm not one for nostalgia where I, I need my heroes to be pure and, and, and childlike innocence and whatnot. I, I, I like the real stuff. You throw in some greediness with that, sure, why not? But so, so that being said, you know, uh, as the reviews started to come out and words started to come out, I, myself, uh, you know, my coworker uh, Jason, I mentioned before, a couple other people that I know, we we just started to go through that process, you know, of like mm-hmm. denial, you know. <laughs> you know, I think at one point Jason said, um, you know, it. it it's it's he went to Rotten Tomatoes and he's like oh it's it's at thirty seven percent right now but you know I mean maybe it'll, maybe it'll, that's just the initial maybe it'll, it'll pick up you know by the time it goes, <laughs> you know cut to like you know two days later oh it's at thirty one no you know uh, <laughs> it's just a little airborne it's still good it's still good 
so so we definitely went through the denial phase and then sort of through like the anger phase where and it's funny you can almost chart it like throughout the week like i think the embargo uh-huh. was lifted i think on tuesday or wednesday and so it was like denial no no like it's just i mean you know it's critics they're not the comic book fans like we don't know like what it could turn out to be so then kind of like anger the next day was like god damn it Zack snyder how hard is it you know <laughs> you had one job like you know this is batman and superman for christ's sake like how hard is it to fuck that up like come on like you just get it right like it's not you know and then kind of to like the end of the week is just kind of like well i mean are you gonna see it still yeah <laughs> resignation <laughs> absolutely we're okay and that's why I, I was he went and saw it thursday night bless him I was like, I can't do that to myself. I can't, like, be awake and, you know, walking around like a human the whole day. And then to, like, <laughs> go and, you know, wait in line and then watch it and then go and, like, lay in bed in the dark with that in my, in my mind. Like, I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm like, I'm going to go. I had the day off Friday, so I'm like, perfect. I'll get up Friday. I'll go see a matinee. You know, me and my girlfriend will join me. And, and you know, already knowing, like, okay, this is not going to be – what I wanted it to be, so just enjoy it for what it is. And I have to say, best damn decision <laughs> that I made because if I had if if I had gone from my hype and and my excitement to just watching it, I would have been crushed. I feel like I yeah. I would have been really upset and disappointed. So this is a case where the fact that my expectations were lowered so much, I, I was I was actually somewhat surprised that that i enjoyed it to to the uh, to to the extent that i did because i mean you know let's flash back to fantastic four sorry but let, let's do that for a minute um this last you know fantastic four movie that came out with miles teller and and you know michael b jordan and so on and i mean i was excited about that movie you know people were like you know it was, it was according to the word out there it was going to be the apocalypse you know uh, not the cool x-men kind um but you know and, and i so i lowered my expectations i still didn't go see it when it came out i eventually caught up to it i think it was like thanksgiving last year i was sick in bed and i was like you know what thanksgiving i'm gonna you know watch a pirated copy of fantastic four screw it it's been long enough and so i did with lowered expectations sick in bed i mean really how much more easy to please can you get and i could not make it through that movie so I, I still haven't seen it. I haven't bought it. You're not missing much. So, uh, you know, for for Batman walking into Batman vs Superman this Friday, um, with lowered expectations, I was like, okay, you know, I can see where they went wrong and why this isn't working. But you know, it is what it is. It was Batman and Superman on this big screen, and that was cool, I guess. You know, but it it's not something that I want to. I know that if and when I get around to watching it a second time, it's gonna fall apart. I know that. I'm going to throw out my good and my bad, and you tell me where you where you land. I think I'm going to start with the good because let's start with the pop. I I cannot fault any of the performance. Sure, I agree. I think I think that uh, anybody who who blames this movie on Ben Affleck is just a dick and needs to go. Oh away. my God, 100% agree with you because he did a good job. I so so that. keep all your Batfleck hate away from us because he did a fine job with the role. Yes, and um, I still I I love Henry Cavill as Superman. I think he did a great job. Um, I actually really liked um, uh, who played Lois Lane. Oh, uh, Amy Adams. Uh, Amy Adams. I thought she was wonderful. I felt like she was a lot more digestible as Lois Lane in this movie. Um, I I really thought that the performances were strong. Can I um, offer my good before we both go into our bad? 
Absolutely. So I agree with you. I thought Ben Affleck was I honestly this is probably my favorite is that blasphemous to say this is probably my favorite Batman that I've seen on screen and I know that he's brutal and I think he even like kills some people on this but you know I'm not again that that's not a deal breaker for me. Um no. I really like that he was scary. Like he was terrifying and I yeah. like that. Um I can to- I'm all in for a whole movie of uh, ben Affleck's Batman and Jeremy Irons' Alfred, like, having conversations in the Batcave and, like, working as a team. Like, I'm all in on that. Like, please give me that. Directed by Ben Affleck, even better, because I'm a fan of Argo and of Gone Baby Gone and of The Town. So all those things, you know, all those are movies that he's directed, and I'm a fan of that. So give me that, please. Like, I, I you know, it'd be great to not lose that part of it. When we get to the moving forward thing, I have a very specific thing that I want to see in any upcoming movies because there is one part of this movie that I thought was phenomenal, and if the entire movie was like that, it would have been an amazing movie. Um, Yes. The other thing that I absolutely loved, which I think is part of what caused the problem, it's a very beautiful I mean, there are a lot of very pretty shots. Snyder has his, you know, his faults or, or, you know, his negatives as a filmmaker, but definitely the guy knows how to put pretty things up on the screen. And here's my, like, do you you have other good things that you want to throw out there? Because I think that's, I'm going to transfer this into my bag. Okay, real quick, real quick. Um... I thought that as a as a character as a visual, I thought uh, Gail Gato is her name. I, I thought uh-huh. she was great as Wonder Woman. Yes. Visually, looked great. I thought that they didn't give her a lot to do or say, like in terms of like character development. She did which a lot with what she was given. She did a phenomenal but, job. Like I want to see a Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. The little kind of like looks and gestures and like little winks and smiles that she gave throughout the movie. I thought created that character out of almost nothing in the script. Um, so I like that. Um, Henry Cavill, again, yeah, I think he's a really great Superman, um, makes a good Clark Kent and Superman. Um, he must be some hunk of beefcake because every woman that I've watched these movies with or, or you know, talked about these movies with uh, are a big fan of this guy. So, Oh, he's beautiful. Good job. <laughs> he's <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Um, but yeah, so, so I liked all of that. Um, and I agree with you. You know, I just okay. Go, go. I'll let- okay, so beautiful film, beautiful shots. Here's where I think the movie fell apart. Somebody needed to explain to Zack Schneider that if you want to direct an art film, the superhero genre may not be your best choice of venue. Right. Because my biggest problem with this movie was that there were so many flashbacks and so many dream sequences and so many and the pacing was so slow because it was so pretty and i don't say pretty in a positive way it was look at how artsy i can make this and let me hang on this this scene of a gunshot going off oh my god yes and then let me come back to it two or three times again throughout the movie. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, just please just move the story forward. So what happened was I agree with you. And I feel that Snyder fell back into because he fell back into some really bad habits that he's kind of had throughout his whole career. Um, minus the one film of his that I'm a big fan of. And as I said earlier, it's Man of Steel. I really enjoy Man of Steel. And I actually bless my girlfriend's heart we dove into man of steel that night right part of it i guess was to kind of wash that you know that, 
<laughs> cleanse the palate. Yeah, yeah, but also part of it was I realized as we were driving to the theater that morning, oh, she's never seen Man of Steel. Like, I, I never, I had one job, you know? <laughs> it's like, content for this film, and I didn't. And I was like, damn it, but you know what? We're, we have the tickets, we're going to see it, let's do this. I'll fill her in as I can. And so one of the things that I told myself going in was, I'm going to, I know that I'm going to be talking to Joe about this on Sunday. And I have a unique opportunity here to be seeing it as someone who's, you know, very knowledgeable about this stuff, but also seeing it with someone and through the eyes of someone who's very new to this stuff. And so I'm like, I'm going to try to give her as little context as possible just to see what the non-geeks like response is, you know? And I found right away that the movie got so bogged down with little asides and stuff that I had to just to keep her going along with the with the quote unquote plot. I had to say, oh, that's what this is so and so from the last movie or, oh, that character is um, from this alternate DC like reality thing. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it yeah exactly. so much of that in order for her to just like follow along. And and I noticed that, you know, after watching Man of Steel that night, I noticed that Zach's, that's a very un Zack Snyder movie where it's almost like if he managed to rein in all his visual tics to the bare minimum. No slow motion in in Man of Steel. I looked no no slow motion, which is crazy. Like that's Zack Snyder's like that's his shtick. And so I feel like Batman versus Superman. I don't know what happened to cause this, or or if it was like a choice or kind of like a retreat from the avalanche of studio notes that he must have been getting from Warner Brothers. But he definitely went back into Snyder mode and just killed it with all those visual takes and flourishes and whatnot. And that's why I just like. While I'm watching this movie, I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm losing, I'm losing focus. I'm losing right. the plot. Right. I don't know what's going on, and I know this stuff. Yeah. Like, how is somebody else who's not into this? Because I, I went with my husband, who's not a huge comic book fan. Yeah. I went with his parents, who are not big comic book oh, fans. Oh. Um, his parents called um, their grandson, you know, our nephew, uh, because he went to go see it, and they asked him what he thought, and he said it didn't have much of a plot. I got very confused. Right, right. And and you want the twelve year old to be like, it was really cool. Superman was there, and Batman was there, and it's like, no, he was just like, I don't get what happened. Yeah, totally. Um, I one thing that my girlfriend said was, um, because I asked her, what'd you think as we were walking out, and she said, you know, it, it was it was hard to follow the story. What was the story? Uh, there was just a lot going on. Um, and then after Man of Steel, she was like, I like that a lot better because it was a very clear arc. It was a very clear story of like, this is happening because this just happened. And now that's going to lead to this happening. And like, there's a clear driving, you know, uh, arc in the movie. And mm-hmm. Batman vs. Superman did not have that. I also oh, asked her, um, who is your favorite character? Now, she thought when I first asked that, she thought I was talking about Man of Steel. And she uh-huh. said instantly, she said Lois Lane. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, because they, she wasn't a damsel in distress. She actually added something to, to you know, what was going on. She was in like an, a key. She played a key role in, in the resolution of, of, of the movie. She like, you know, helped defeat the bad guys and she did something and she was smart. And so that was my favorite character. And I said, OK, well, I'm talking about Batman versus Superman, like the one we saw in the theater this morning. Who is your favorite character? She thought about it for a second. And I think her answer is going to shock and surprise you. She said Lex Luthor, my favorite mm-hmm. character. That's, I knew that's what she was going to say. Really? Because he was the only one who had any depth. I completely 150 bazillion times disagree with 
the characterization of Lex Luthor in this movie. Right. But again, I can't blame it on the actor. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that, yeah, I thought about it and I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, he just had, there was so much to him and he just, he was menacing, but like also like kind of weirdly fucked up and conflicted. But then also, she's like, there was just a lot of levels to him. There was just, he had a lot going on. He was scary and he was effective. Yeah, he, you, you understood what he was doing. He had a story and the other characters just didn't, fit into that story i i think i think if you took i'm going to tell you my my little nugget that i thought was so phenomenal that i just i i every time i think about it it makes me want to cry because that's the movie i wanted to see it was batman and wonder woman at lex luther's party doing the espionage oh yeah that was great that was the best moment of the movie and i was like okay if this is that was that was (laughs) that was when the movie got my hopes up and i'm like oh here it is here's the good part of the movie from here on in it's going to be wonderful we got all the exposition out of the way it's going to be this and this is going to be exciting (laughs) and that was it that was it that's all we got like no why Because I thought it was so – Ben Affleck was good, and it was intriguing, and there was drama. How is he going to get out of it? And then when he goes back to pick up the thing, and and Wonder Woman's there, and she's kind of you know over the shoulder. And it's like, okay, now we've got character interaction that means something, and it's this cat and mouse game. And we see that all of them are all going towards the same goal. Yeah, yeah. That was- and the – and the team up's going to happen when they realize it, and that's what's going to make the end together. Yeah. And that didn't happen at all in any way, shape, or form. There was way too too much stuff that just happened because it needed to happen in the movie, not because it made sense. You know, um, like Lex Luthor, um, creating Doomsday. Like, why? Like to to kill Superman, but then what? Like what? Doomsday should have never been in this and, film. Yeah. This this should not have been the death of Superman. And how, Sorry, I, I warned you guys at the beginning. Yeah, Spoilers. Yeah. So there you go. How Superman died. Know who to attack and why? And let's say Luther's plan worked and he killed Superman. And then what? How do you stop Doomsday? And what the hell? Um, little even and that's a big thing. But even little things like lo, really like Lois, the, the best thing she went from being like you know this really smart person two steps ahead of the plot in the first movie to like the best thing that she could think to do with the kryptonite spear is to <laughs> dump it in the water <laughs> throw it in the water like in the rubble what like <sighs> and then five minutes later go oh yeah we probably need that yeah, and then almost die to diving in a truck. My, my husband oh. my husband had the greatest the greatest comment he's like so superman couldn't hear the bomb in the the courtroom right any friggin' time that Lois Lane coughs, he's like right there. Right, right. And not only that, but he couldn't hear his mom's heartbeat. Really? Yeah, and that's what he's like. He couldn't find. He couldn't find his mom, that, but he could find her. Yeah, that blew me away. That like five minutes after Batman, you know, has been trying to kill him the entire movie or has it out for him, suddenly because their moms have the same name, he's like, "I'll go find. I gotta go find my mom." No, I'll do it. And he looked at him. He's like, and he's like, "No, no, no." She's not gonna die. I'll do it. And he goes, "Okay, really? That's your mom? Like that? <laughs> like you, you're the guy who was just trying to kill yeah. you is now gonna go, quote unquote, save your and mom? And you're a living god. Like who do you trust more to do this? You know, all you have to do is just listen. And why would you? Why would Lex Luthor ha- Luther have that power over you in the first place? All you have to do is 
keep an ear out for your mom's heartbeat and you can locate her like that that didn't make sense again a lot of stuff that happened because at some point lex Luthor needed to manipulate superman into fighting batman so i guess Mm -hmm. this will do but it's like no that doesn't make sense it didn't make sense and even like like superman needed five seconds to say hey he's got my mom i don't want to fight you can we figure something yeah like that's all he had to say exactly yeah um and again you know it kind of it really does sully this cool i feel like it was a good take on batman i feel like people are like you know oh he was so fanatical and blah, blah. yeah have you read dark knight returns like he's no, no. batman is a fanatic exactly. that's why he does what he we does that's in that comic you know what i mean which is what they took this batman from like it totally makes sense that he scares shitless because of what he witnessed you know the battle in metropolis that he witnessed um or where i don't know i guess wayne uh uh has a has a building in metropolis right but he witnesses mm-hmm. that he sees what superman can do it freaks him the fuck out and he responds out of fear you know to become a, a you know ultra libertarian guy who's like no one needs to have this much power right and he takes it upon himself to to do something about it it makes sense if you're looking at it you know from that point of view and also keeping in mind like dark knight returns batman um but it's just too bad that it had to be used up in that way you know with with, with i don't know this kind of this plot that just didn't make sense. It was just kind of chugged along. And it's like, I mean, if it's not going to make sense, make it quick. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I knew we were in trouble when the bats start levitating little Bruce Wayne. I was like, oh, God, no. I Like, as soon as I said that, I said, okay, we're getting into the weird. Oh, my God. That's so- symbolic. This isn't going to this isn't going to turn into something. <laughs> That makes sense. I had the exact same reaction when he started levitating. The first thing I thought was, "Fuck, I'm gonna. This is gonna confuse my girlfriend. I'm gonna explain to her why, like, no, Batman can't fly, and I don't know why they're doing this right now." Like, yeah, and he didn't get bitten by a. He didn't get bitten by a radioactive bat. Yeah, no, he doesn't have superpowers. Like, oh, this is like a symbolic thing, like a dream sequence thing. But I'm like, but what? No, like, there's. It's too much of a digression. Like, it doesn't. It's not needed. Even the whole, as cool as, like, the fan service, like, apocalypse, you know, fucking dark side little, you know, dream sequence was. As cool as that was as fan service, it, it was completely unnecessary. It, right. it, it, and it, it, ex- it was confusing. Yeah. Because, again, I'm not a huge DC Marvel f- I mean, a DC fan. I'm a Marvel fan. And so I know these things, but I don't know them so well that I was going to get the, the nuances. Right. And And... I'm just sitting there going, I'm so, I feel so bad for the people who are here, like my husband and his parents, that, that have no clue what's going yeah. on. Because I barely can understand what's going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, All right, so, so I'm, I, I want us to fix the movie. Because I feel like it needs, I, I feel like just for my own edification, we need to be able to say, all right, this is what would have fixed the movie. And I think the first step is to take out all the dream sequences, all the flashbacks, and just start with you can start with the the reason why you can start with the whole um Batman seeing the the buildings fall and and that you can go right into the the trial keep the espionage thing in there yeah i feel like where batman and superman get into it is right after the the courthouse explodes oh yeah and because then he has a reason. It's blamed on Super. But I mean, that's that's the thing. They don't even ever blame it on Super. No, they don't. I thought for sure. I think, oh, that's what that's. Of course, that's going to happen now. And it just never- yeah, that's going to be the spin. No, it's not the spin. No. That's what. But but so much potential. Like so, 
Yeah, and Batman knows it's not the spin because he knows it's his crazy ex-employee that did. Yeah, totally. So why does he still so, blame Superman, and why does he still have it out for him, right? It's, it, exactly. Yeah. So, if, but if you need a fight scene, that's where you put. I, I don't think because uh, I don't know. I just don't think you can fix this. I mean, I I, I want to fix the DC universe. Right. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like if you were gonna like, we have to. I would say like have Man of Steel two that introduces Lex Luthor, like. Then have like Batman, like, or, or then you don't have to have a standalone Batman film. You can do after that. You, but of course, Warner Brothers DC doesn't want to wait because they're reactionary towards Marvel and everything they do. Every decision they make is like, we've got to catch up to Marvel. Like, stop. Like, just, you know, just put out good stories and let them, you know, come together organically and you will have that. So if you just stuck with your guns and just did Man of Steel 2 and introduced Lex Luthor as like this big, like, you know, ominous, like, Loki-type thing, and then do Batman versus Superman after that, you don't have to shoehorn all this stuff in. And if you want to, you know, if you want to do Wonder Woman, then do, you know, uh, World's Finest, or what was that one Matt Wagner comic called Trinity, I think it was, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. That was great. Shades of that, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. well, and you don't blow the, you don't blow your Death of Superman comic yeah, on your second movie, because we know he's coming back. Yeah. There's no, there's, I'm not invested. I don't care that he quote unquote died because A, as you pointed out in that wonderful YouTube video, basically the death of Superman ruins death in comics for the next 20 years. Oh, right, right. But it, And it's going to be undone so, 15 into the next movie. Yeah, it's like, like that, that is your, that is your death knell for the franchise. You know, <laughs> Henry Cavill is now reminiscent of Harrison Ford we need to end it, bring out Doomsday, oh, move it on, and now we move on to the second generation of Justice League, and we keep the franchise going. You don't blow that wad the second movie out. Such a bummer, because there's so much, I mean, there's so many stories to tell. I mean, you can play with the reign of Superman after that. You can do so much, and they're just trying to shove it all in. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a real bummer, because they had a real opportunity here. Like, I feel like, you know, I still want to see a Ben Affleck directed and starring you know batman movie um god if only like my dream like director for this material would still be um george miller you know who was Mm -hmm. supposed who was working on a a justice league movie but god i would love to see that especially now like the cat's out of the bag now that you know mad max Fury road came out and everyone blew everyone out of the water that damn this would be a great guy for this type of material but just hire him and then trust him just let him tell the story that he wants to tell. You know? and, and that's and that's what that's what the companies need to start learning. They need to start learning that if you're going to give this to fans, if you're going to give this to people who know what they're doing, you have to give them a little trust. And I know you're you're putting a lot of money into this, so I get the I get the concern. But you're what you're doing now is not working. And and the thing that bugs me the most is that there's going to be a rated R cut because heaven forbid we don't keep up with Deadpool. Oh God. They're just, that's the thing with DC and Warners is they're just playing, they're playing catch up and it's like, you don't have to do that. These stories deserve better than catch up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They deserve better than that being the impetus behind these stories that, um, they really do. And, and they're just doing it a disservice. Um, 
Especially because DC is trying to build themselves as like the filmmaker driven universe, you know, Marvel Comics, you know, has Kevin Feige and, you know, he's deciding everything and, and you can, you know, plop in and out different filmmakers, but they all have to make the Marvel movie. We're, we're the filmmaker driven, you know, side, side of that, you know, but, it, but they're not because Warner Brothers is clearly <laughs> like giving them so much note, so many notes that, you know, be, the movie becomes an incoherent mess. It, it's, it's very stress. It's very frustrating. It is. And it's just kind of like, like if 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 it was gonna be that Batman Wonder Woman interaction that we see at the party, I want to see a Wonder Woman. Movie. I want to see another Batman movie. I want to see, but I'm I'm just I'm afraid that's not what we're gonna get. And I think I said last time we talked about this that this was their this this was their their second to the last chance. Yes. And and now now they they've put all they're putting all their stakes on a Wonder Woman movie. And from everything I understand, for some reason or another, Wonder Woman is a hard property to nail down. Right, right. And that's filming now, right? Yeah. And so it's now you're like, okay, so now we're going to – instead of doing an amazing movie to introduce Wonder Woman and then taking a risk with something that may be a little off-center, you've now made that off-center movie your last chance to do this. Oh, and if this doesn't go through. We are not going to see another DC movie, in my opinion, for at least a decade. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's it's I. They can't reboot at this point. They just can't. No. They're too far in. They've it's too much. And and to be honest, as a fan, they've gotten too much almost right. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. this. It's not Spider-Man. You know, like you can't just keep rebooting these because this is a whole universe now that you're trying to do. So. I mean, I still like Henry Cavill as Superman. I want to see Ben Affleck's Batman movie. I like, you know, Gato as a Wonder Woman. I know they're filming it now. Matter of fact, the photo from this movie is is from that set, right? Um, mm-hmm, they, they, mm-hmm. they cast, uh, what's his name, Chris Pine as, as Steve Trevor. Yeah, because it takes place in World War II, yeah, right? Yeah, in World War One, I, I think, actually. Oh, World War One. That's even cooler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like I don't. I want to see this. Like I still want you know this promised material to come out. Just do it good. Like just don't ruin it. We never. We completely skipped over all the the uh, uh, hacker you know um, um, peaks into Aquaman and Flash and Cyborg. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and and what a what an interesting way. Like I thought it was a good way to introduce them. Because I was really worried when we knew that they were all cast for this show, for these shows, you know, they were going to be in this movie. And I was like, okay, they're going to have all these characters and Deadpool, not Deadpool, um, uh, Doomsday. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? They're, they're putting too much stuff in here that we're not going to get anything out of it. I thought that was another good, basically anything that had Wonder Woman in it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Any moments that she was in were Perfect. Love the battles, the, the the beats of of action where she was like clearly enjoying the battle, like she was like clearly like a you know a thousand year old warrior who was bred for this and who was really like gets off on the fight of it, you know, and and that though all those little character bits were really great. Yeah, and and she was the only one who did anything in that fight. <laughs> like, good for her, but, I mean, Batman was just kind of sitting there oh, yeah. twiddling Even his like, thumbs. At one point, was like, yeah, Batman's just sitting there going like, uh, you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, and, and I understand that, but but if you're going to do a movie where your big bad is, you're, you want these three 
epic heroes to be in the final fight scene. Give him something to do. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like the best example of that is Grant Morrison's run on Justice League, where Batman was the ultimate badass of that badass of that team because he fought with his brains, and so he was able to hold his own amongst these godlike people, right? Mm-hmm. And they just totally dropped the ball on that in this film. And again, not Affleck's fault. No. So anybody who goes to start saying, well, it's because of Batman, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> it is not his I, fault. I want to see Batman as a detective. Please, yes. can we get that? I think that Ben Affleck would do a great job of that. I feel like his directing style would fit that, you know, with that gritty thing that he brings to, to the, to, that he's brought to the movies that he's done. Um, I would love to just see a small scale, not every superhero movie has to be like, you know, preventing the end of the world or like a galactic takeover. Like I would, I'm, we're primed for the smaller scale detective driven, like procedural or, 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 or like where you were like espionage driven, you know, Batman story. Well, that's what I was talking about with Kelly and Kevin from the WEC podcast two episodes ago is that um, the thing that Marvel has going on for them is that they have this diversification of their movies because Thor gives us a little bit of fantasy yeah. and, and Guardians of the Galaxy gives us the fun. And so every, every um, property has its own feel and its own style and it doesn't the, – the, the superhero genre doesn't have to dictate what each movie is going to be like. And we, we were even saying that, that we need to have a Black Widow spy movie. How awesome and epic would that be? Absolutely. I feel like this is something that I remember reading way back in the day in an article in Wizard the Magazine. I don't remember that. That's <laughs> Oh, I loved Wizard. dating myself here. But – I remember they had this really cool feature called Cast and Call where they would like, you know, their dream cast, you know, for whatever movie uh, every yeah, month. It yes. was a different character. And when they were – when they, I think they took on Batman or was it Spider-Man? I remember that when they talked about uh, – I think it was Spider-Man. They mentioned the lizard. And with Batman, they mentioned Killer Croc. And they're like, how cool would it be to do like a Batman movie that was like kind of alien-esque? You know, like really very horror like. Yeah, exactly. Where he's like, you know, investigating something in the sewers of Gotham. And so it's very claustrophobic and dark. And, you know, you ha- it's kind of like a horror feel to it. Like these characters and these stories are so malleable. There's so much there that you can do with them. But I feel like it's just they're not really applying their imaginations point. It's just, oh, superheroes. It's got to be this. Yeah, it's it's capes and cowls, and that's yeah, all we're gonna get. Exactly. Well, there we go. That is our review of Batman versus Superman. I think it was uh, like again, go back to my Twitter, and I, I found a picture of a, a a dog that had just kind of this just disappointed face on it, and that was my that was my full review in three words. Well, that happened. And the frustration comes from the fact that there's still po- there's so much potential that we see. You know, mm-hmm. if if it was just a complete waste then there wouldn't be – it would just be derision. It wouldn't be this level of frustration where it's like you have some of the parts in place. You're just – you know, you're, it's just you're, – you're not putting it together, and, and it's, it's not being what it should be. I, I, hate, I hate to be a broken record. I just keep going to that party scene, and it just causes me physical pain because I'm like, it was like that was so good. <laughs> that moment was so good. What, like the, the next movie, if the next movie was just Ben Affleck and – uh, is it Gail Godot? Yeah. Um, 
just the two of them doing this espionage thing to find the rest of the Justice League, oh my god, I'd be so on board yeah, with that. that but it's rad. not going to be yeah. that. It's kind of like um, X-Men First Class, where it's Magneto versus uh, zombies, where it's Eric Lyncher getting re- revenge. It's uh, the mm-hmm. James Bond-style sequence. Like, it's like, I will watch a whole movie of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we, we'll 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 be back with um, the war. Is that the next? Is that next? Step? Well, that's the next one that you and I are going to be be covering. But I think we're we're going to be coming back to this franchise with Wonder Woman, and hopefully we will have something positive to say, and maybe they will surprise us and jump themselves back onto the tracks. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Snyder's good. There's a lot of questions going forward for Warner Brothers and DC. Is Snyder staying on? Is because he was he was lined up to do Justice League, correct? Uh, I think I'm, so, and my my question would be like he would he needs to do one of two things: get off the show or not make an art film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rain rain in whatever he did to rein himself in on Man of Steel. Do that, you know. Meat and yeah, potatoes yeah. storytelling is 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 basing it in more realistic stuff is or, or more realistic style is what's gonna like really ground these stories and these characters. So, um, but you know, when it's Flash on top of Flash, no pun intended, again, uh, it just doesn't hold up. Um, so, yeah. so you know, is is Snyder going to be working on Justice League? Are they going to get someone else? Is this whole universe thus far kind of contingent on Wonder Woman, as you said? You know, uh, uh, that's a lot of pressure on that film. I mean, just so much. <laughs> so much. Yeah, so much. Well, <laughs> our hearts go out to the purpose of Batman versus Superman because, again, it was not their fault. Yes, Ben Affleck, keep being Batman. Make your movie before you bow out, please. Uh, last thing, there was a I saw somewhere on on Facebook or Netflix there was a a little um, video or, or a, a meme of some sad, sort. Sad Affleck meme, yes. Yes, <laughs> it just captures it so fully. Oh man, I want to give that dude a hug. Just be like, it's all right. You did a great job, man. All right, man. Any shout outs for this week? Um, definitely. Um, I want to shout out to uh, Jay and Miles. I'm still listening to and enjoying the hell out of the uh, Explain the X-Men podcast every morning, catching up slowly but surely. Um, I'm almost there. I'm in the I'm in the 90s. Oh, I'm finally in the 90s. I've been I've been marathoning it at the expense of some of my other uh, podcasts. I'm almost there. I'm not so excited to get to the 90s. Um, so that's that's been great and can be great. Um, shout out to my coworker Jason for you know geeking out with me on this stuff on a regular basis, and of course, last but not least, to my amazing girlfriend Cecilia for putting up with this geek and for being gung ho about you know all the stuff that I'm super uh, passionate about and and inexplicably passionate about. Very cool. Um, I'm gonna visit, give a shout out to my husband and his parents for enduring that movie last night. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the the cast of the WEC podcast and um, Kenny from Dumbbells and Dragons. We we had a, the last episode was uh, taped live, so all of us actually got to meet in person and and record. We we did a marathon last Sunday of four different uh, shows. So go check me out on the WEC podcast episode fifty. I also make a brief appearance in fifty one, which should be coming out this coming Friday. Um, Dumbbells and Dragons, I think I'll be on in a couple of weeks. And uh, just, you know, check out all the stuff that we're doing because we're doing a lot of fun stuff. And that's basically it. And thank you, Ray. I, I always love... I'm glad we have this as a way to catch up yeah. now that we don't see each other on a regular basis. I mean, we're just recording our normal conversations anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> um, next week, uh, Brian and Philippe of The Average Geek Show is going to be on, and we're going to try and tackle the the very massive, almost, oh my god, I can't 
find enough time in my day uh, TV superhero universe. So we're going to cover all the CW stuff. We're going to cover Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to cover Supergirl. We're going to cover as much as we can. I don't think any of us have seen all of it. I don't think it's physically possible. Wow. But but that's what we're going to try and we're going to be able to do a lot of catching up this week. Wow. Um, and, and so that's coming up next week. Anything fun happening for you this week? Anything geeky? Um, I'm really excited to keep watching Daredevil scene two. Um, I've really been digging it. I know people have been, you know, kind of on both sides of the fence on it, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, and then just looking forward to spending more time in a comic book shop. I did, like I said, I visited one last week in San Diego and, um, it was a lot of fun and it just brought back a lot of, you know, feels. So I'm looking forward to making sure that that's something I continue to, to do. Yeah, we have a new one that just opened up out here in Palm Springs, so I, I'm hoping to to build a relationship with my uh, new comic book uh, store this spring break. I'm going to go in there and talk to them a little bit about some of the pools I want to start looking into, realizing that I don't have a whole lot of room <laughs> in my life right now for for long boxes. So I'm going to try and figure out some some way around that, but we'll figure it always out. Always go back to the building blocks of our geek done, right? Always always go back to that initial inspiration. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as iTunes and Stitcher and now Google Play. So that's kind of fun and exciting. Um, please leave us a review and spread the word. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epicgrays. Uh, Ray, remind us where we can find you. Uh, you can see my artwork, uh, including paintings, online at rayvargas3.com. Uh, that's Ray Vargas and the number three. And that also doubles as my uh, domain for all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all at uh, backslash rayvargas3. Awesome. Yeah, check it out, guys, because he's, he's an amazing artist, and uh, it's, it's fun to see all the different fun stuff you do. Rush, single tier. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been the Geek Podcast. Remember this week, keep it geek.